Okay, then. Ron Wolfley. Ron Wolfley. What is up? <laughs> Witch Buster. Extraordinaire. Love that guy. Luke Lipinski. Yay. Wolf and Luke. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Live from the Auction Community Studios on this Friday morning, it is the Wolf and Luke Show. I'm Luke. Wolf, what's going on over there? Uh, not a whole lot, Luke. How you doing, buddy? Command and Controller, are you ready to broadcast back there? Sarah Cazal. Oh, there she is, Sarah. Yes, she's ready to broadcast, I'm sure. Ready to go. And Jem is actually joining us right now. Ready to broadcast big on this Friday. Are you ready to brawl? Jem just showed up early. Just to take initiative. You know what you feel about it. that? Love seeing it right now. He is a gem. We all know that. Eric Ruby, of course. He is he is a gem to this station in more ways than one. Got a great future too. Um don't let it go to your head, I might add. <laughs> I was gonna say that's usually you follow up any compliment that's with that. That's exactly right. Uh okay, I this is I'm wrestling with how to handle this on the air, Wolf. Okay. Okay. Because I want to be respectful. But U of A just blew a huge lead to an Ivy League school in the first round of the tournament. <laughs> I know. But it also ruined my bracket. It but did. I also said when filling out the bracket, it's worth it to me to lose the bracket if U of A were to lose in like the Sweet 16 or the Elite 8. Never once thinking they would lose to Princeton in the first round. Okay, how did that feel to you right now? I think based on audience, most of us right here that live in Phoenix, we all felt really, really good. Uh, I don't stand and applaud anybody that goes down into a heaping flame, metaphorically speaking. I do not do it unless you come from Tucson. <laughs> I'm just joking. I was going to say, because what are you going to do if Princeton loses? You can't take that stance on every event. I did not expect that I'm plot just, twist right there. I'm just joking, of course. It, it did ruin my bracket as well. I had them in the Elite Eight. I had them further than that. I you had them in, oh, really? Oh, yeah. Well, you should have gone BPI. I should have gone. Well, okay. no, there's no way BPI had Princeton beating U of A yesterday. They did not, but again, uh, the odds of your Final Four being intact are very, very yeah, good I with just, the BPI. I didn't think that region, Alabama's really good, obviously, but I, I, thought, I, I thought that was a region U of A was going to win. I still think Alabama it's going to come back to bite them that they seem to be, and I don't know all the details because nobody does of their situation, but I just feel like they're not winning the title, Alabama. Yes. So I was like, all right, U of A, pretty good team. <laughs> I mean, I don't think this is the best U of A team. I, I think UCLA was a better team in the Pac-12. They were just beat up at the end, but still, I thought... Well, I thought they would get to the final four, and um, yeah. yeah, I was wrong. Boy, there. You know, first of all, let me just say this because I know people are looking. Wolf, why don't you be more humble? Okay, nobody's thinking this is that. all. This is all trash talk this time of year right now. When you've got the advantage, Basinonians, you trash talk. Now keep it clean, please. Keep it clean. The first time I'm going to bring this up with a U of A fan, because I legitimately am trying to be respectful. Most, of a, lo- a lot of the best people I know are U of A fans. Yes. I don't know enough annoying U of A fans anymore, but I still enjoyed that yesterday because it was so historic <laughs> and it's the second time they've lost to a 15 seed. Anyway, the first time. a big butt there, ladies The again. first time I'm going to address it with a known U of A fan is going to be on the air here in a couple hours because Kellen Olson, I believe, is still going to oh, join killer. us. Oh, killer. Is he really? He was, he was scheduled before 
before the game yesterday to join us today. You know, break out the Ellison chains down in a hole, please. Okay, get that ready just for a killer. Has anybody spoken to Kellen? I mean, as a matter of fact, we ought to do that. We ought to play our rejoins. We ought to include a lot of of Allison chains, a lot of grunge. I think because it's a good grunge day for those in Tucson. <laughs> I don't disagree with you, but I like the, the, that you're saying this like it's a new idea that you've never had before. <laughs> you guys should try that new grunge music. <laughs> no, I'm just saying it, it is when you're up, you've got it. You've got to seize the opportunity. This is what you do when you trash talk. You go out and you bury somebody out, out in between those white lines, Basinonians, and you hammer them, and you're standing over them. You you let them have it, man. You let them know because guess what? The next plate that might be you on the ground. Well, that's the thing. ASU okay. plays tonight, so maybe that's why I'm not talking too much. But I I don't even know how to bring this up with like the U of A people out and then the uh, like Sarah Cazell who just walked out probably because she heard us. Um, the people <laughs> out in the web department. Sarah's also a little glum this morning. I genuinely want to know, and I know this is going to sound like sarcasm, and it for once isn't. Okay. I genuinely want to know how that happened. I mean, because I because I watched I watched the second half. I was driving home from here during the the first half. Obviously, our show yeah. covered most of the first half, and I watched in the second half. And I, I mean, at one point, U of A was up by enough where I thought, I'm not even sure Princeton's going to score as many points for total as U of A has right now. And I'm, I genuinely am mystified by what happened. Listen, there is the why the U of A lost to a 15 seed, and then there is the how U of A lost to a 15 seed that we're going to be talking about. They, they could not get the significant separation that they needed from Princeton to bury them. They could not get it. They tried to get it, and Princeton would not go away. This is what the tournament is all about so much of the time. We come in with these preconceived notions. It's one of the reasons why we love the NCAA tournament. Because of the upsets. How many times they happen? Because of Cinderella. Well, yeah, Furman and Princeton yesterday, just in the first first half of the first day. It's exactly right. And because of that, they could not, suddenly they could not get the separation from Princeton that they needed to get. What do you think that did to the Tigers? What do you think that did to the kids that were inside that locker room or out on that floor? Think of halftime, how encouraged they had to be. Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, you're right. But it, the other part of this, though, is usually when you see an upset like that, it comes down to a buzzer beater or something, doesn't it? Or it comes down to, like, a shot in the final couple. I mean, this this was essentially just kind of, all right, Princeton won, and now they're going to run out the clock, and they're, they're up by four. I, it was just, I, I watched it live and couldn't understand what I was seeing because every time U of A needed to score and they just needed two points, it was like, okay, well, Princeton can't cover them. Look at the the size and talent disadvantage here. And I, I don't know. I don't know. I, maybe I didn't watch enough U of A basketball this year. I don't, I don't fully understand what happened in the final five minutes of, of that game. Here's uh, Tommy Lloyd afterwards talking about it. You know, I told our guys, you know, if you want to be a great player or you want to be a great coach, we all got to learn from this. We got, we got to go back and figure out what happened and understand the value of being up 10 to 12 points with 10 minutes to go and, and, and putting the hammer on people and, and not letting people get back in the game. And traditionally, we've, we've been built to do that. Recently, We've kind of struggled in that area a little bit and kind of let people back in the game. And, um, and you know, if you if you play with fire, you're going to get burned. And obviously we did today. That's exactly what happened right there. Tommy Lloyd knows. And he's so right. He's so right about what he's saying. You, you've got to learn from this. And that's one of the re- great reasons why you want to have players that might actually stick around in your program for two, three years, somewhere in there. <laughs> so the guy just doesn't hit the transfer portal. You know, hopefully you can build some continuity going forward. But 
I, I promise you, when, when Princeton went in at halftime, down a point at halftime, 31-30 was the score. Dudes were screaming at each other inside that locker room. Dudes were looking at each other in that Tigers locker room, looking at each other. We, we can do this. We can do it. Even when they got down in the second half, as you heard Tommy Lloyd right there, even when that happened, dudes knew they had a chance. They belonged on the floor with the U of A. They believed they did. Do you have any idea what that does to your confidence See, level? I would have thought it's Princeton. They were probably doing homework at halftime because they were solving like <laughs> unsolvable math equations and doing like engineering projects. Uh, you look, you're you're right. Obviously, it was a one point game at halftime, and I didn't even expect that. But there was a stretch there in the second half where U of A was was up. I mean, they were up by like nine, ten, eleven points, and you're thinking, okay, that's <laughs> yeah, yeah, because that's typically how this happens, right? The the much lower seated team hangs with the good team for a half and then whether it's halftime adjustments or just having time to sit there and let reality sink in at halftime usually that 15 seed starts to fade in the second half and they were doing that and that's where that that was the moment of the game where I was like all right this is you know maybe maybe if you're a U of A fan you have some questions about this team going deep because they're struggling with Princeton but they're going to pull away now and they and they just didn't and uh, yeah, I mean, to me, that's uh, obviously it's a much bigger upset than Furman over Virginia. And I think also, too, when you think about it, Princeton, it, the way they jammed up and crammed up the paint and really tried to make it hard on Tabellus, that that actually worked. Tabellus, by the way, 9 of 20, 9 of 20 from the field, which isn't outrageous for him unless you consider the fact he he almost was shooting 60% for the season. Okay, and now all of a sudden he's under 50%, and he turned the ball over six times. They jammed it up, and they ran some dudes off the line as well. I, I honestly think Tommy Lloyd might be looking at himself this morning looking at the tape and wondering if he didn't cost him as well. Wolf, Princeton shot four of 25 from three. I mean, I that's the, all the things you look for in an upset, like, okay, well, this team, you know, they hit a bunch of threes. Well, no, they were four of 25. Well, they must have got to the line. They were three for five, Princeton was, from the free throw line. Well, okay, well, it must have been a late buzzer beater. No, <laughs> it, it wasn't. I, I just, that was, there's been crazier upsets. I can only think of one, and that was the Virginia one a few years ago. But in terms of actually just watching it play out, it just didn't make any sense. Yeah, three for 16. That that was one of the death knells for the U of A right there. And the other one, they got to the line seven times, seven free throw attempts. Now, Princeton had even less, had even fewer. But for a team where you're jamming up the paint the way that the Tigers were for the most part, you're, you would expect Tubelis to get to the line seven times himself. And he didn't. All right, when we come back, we'll switch over to the NBA. How big can a three-point win over the Orlando Magic in March be for the Suns? Potentially pretty important, actually. We'll go over why next right here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. All right, it's not all fun and games and college basketball. That's not true, actually. It is. But uh, there's more. There's more to life, Wolf. And there's uh, NBA basketball. And there's the Phoenix Suns picking up a win last night. Now, I haven't talked to you about this game purposely. We sent our emails back and forth. But yes. I haven't talked to you about yeah. the game yet. I have a theory on your thoughts <laughs> on this game. Just based on how the show went yesterday and really ever since I've known you. 
<laughs> I wanted a blowout win. I have a feeling yeah. you liked that win last night. No, I like the win. I like the fact that they did uh, come back in this game, of course, and win it in crunch time. I did like that. Um, I did want to see a little bit more separation at some point <laughs> in time. Nice. And when I say more separation, base and earnings, I'm not just talking about in the score. I'm really talking about how they looked. How the Suns looked, and I never saw that separation from the Magic at all, and that kind of bothered me. But it fits into what we have seen here with the Phoenix Suns. They've basically lost their collective soul. They haven't. Please don't start playing collective soul back there in command and control. <laughs> well, Please they can't, don't do that. Because we've lost it. So we're okay. to lost all our collective I'm soul just, songs. It just, they look bored to me, Luke. And we've talked about it. Oh, yeah, it's the Orlando Magic, blah, blah, blah. Here we go. We've got to play this game. We're going to win it. We're going to try to win it. We have to go out there, and we got to play this team, and let's go, guys. We're. I, I think they're bored out of their mind because they know it. Steve Nash was huge on this, the process of becoming a team. The process of collectively becoming a team and learning how you were going to play offensively and defensively. Steve Nash used to talk about the process, how he loved the process. And there are other pros that love the process. I was a guy that loved the process of coming together as a team and working towards something, building towards something, and doing something productive. And right now, without all the pieces in place... They look like they know they're not building something. Well, there's not. There's. It, it feels like a nothing to gain, only things to lose situation right now with what they're doing. Now they're stripping all of that away, stripping emotions, stripping you know the way the game looks. They won a game last night that puts them three up on the play-in with only 12 games to go. So I, I will start there. Yeah. Stripping everything else aside, injuries, the way this season has gone last year, what you expected. Either way. Just by winning last night, it's it's getting more and more likely that they are at least going to avoid the play-in. And that really is the That's most great. important thing right now. <laughs> We've got a winner. But you're right. I mean, it, there's there's no way they go into that game last night thinking, man, if we beat Orlando, here we go. This counts as a playoff win. <laughs> uh, but if you lose to Orlando, people are going to start to freak out. Because if you had lost to Orlando, you'd be tied with the Clippers for fourth and only two up on Minnesota and Dallas for seventh. And, but and, they never looked threatened to me. The Suns never looked threatened. But they never looked... <sighs> and they played They never like looked it. dominant either. It was amazing, especially in that first half. They never looked threatened in this game, and the Suns didn't look threatened in the second half, and they played like it. They did. Look, at they they are the better team than the Orlando Magic. Ron Wolfley reporting. I'm reporting that as a matter of fact. Are you really? You're going to stick to that? I'm reporting that. Wow, that's huge. The Phoenix Suns are a better team than the Orlando Magic. They were playing at home as well. They needed to win after losing three in a row, and they were up by five at the half. Up by five at the half. And oh, by the way, had to go on a 12-2 to two run to get up by five at the half. <laughs> Man, uh, you felt like they should have been up by a lot more than what they were, but they were up by five. Isn't that kind of what you expected, though? I think a lot of Suns fans had that feeling going into the game yesterday. Of they're probably going to figure out a way to win this game, but they don't really look right 
right now. And Orlando also has given the Suns problems in the past. (laughs) For whatever reason, Orlando seems to give the Suns uh, issues. Here's Chris Paul after the game talking about a guy that did make big plays, especially the biggest one late, Josh Okogie. It's tough, man. What what Josh be doing is some of the stuff I've never seen before. That block in Houston, that was tough. Not only did he do that, but he went and dunked on the guy. And then you know, that's uh, that's a gutsy block there, being up three. You know, anything could happen or whatnot, but we trust him. You know, you build that trust by doing those, having those tight plays in those situations. If you're wondering what that, that last one he's talking about is, here's the call. Bogner. It's open. Mancaro had it blocked by a Kobe. J.O. breaking out the eraser. Wow. That was a, that was a dangerous play there. <laughs> I cannot believe you did it. I, I, you know, I, okay. Um, this is the thing about Josh Okogie, okay? Yeah. As we all know, this, this is the thing about him. He, on the defensive end of the floor, he, he's the campaign of the Phoenix Suns on the defensive end of the floor. Okay, and then explain. you have campaign on the offensive oh, so end of the two floor. Campaigns. Where you got people that are kind of out of control. Yeah. Appear to be kind of out of control from time. And that's what Chris Paul was just alluding to right there. It's okay because it worked out for us yeah. this time. <laughs> but man, you, you that's going to be more the exception to the rule than the rule. It is a cool way to end a game, though, blocking the Rookie of the Year's three-point attempt. It was clean, too. It was a great Mm non-call. He got it all. It was was awesome. How many times is that going to happen, Josh? Well, many times? I, I will say this about Josh Okogie. He right now is the epitome of an opportunity opening for you and you just running through that door. I mean, and, and you're right. Sometimes it looks like he's running through the door without even looking at what's on the other side of the door. There could just be another door. But he um, yes, he is he is he's giving you that energy and that just attack mentality that sometimes you need. Listen, I love it. I am so you know this. I love Josh. It's like Okogie. a wedge buster I, playing I, basketball. I, 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 it's a Exactly right. Uh, he made so many plays with his hands, ladies and gentlemen. He does. You know, but little plays that turned over the magic, like left and right, intense rebounding and, and steals and blocks, <laughs> deflections of balls. You know, it's amazing how many plays he makes. And even as I say that, in, in a big game, it's going to cost him. You just you got, and that's what Chris Paul is alluding to again. You you have to pick. You got to be really really careful. You can't play with just total abandon. You 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 can't. I love the fact that he does, but the the charge to Josh Akogi going forward, Basin Orleans is going to be okay. Now take all of that goodness right there and learn where to apply it as a pro. And we're not to. All right. How about uh, what we were both hesitant to say yesterday? Because because it, it's not a must win. But here's campaign after the game. It was, a, it was a big time win. It was a must win, I feel like. We lost three in a row. It, it ain't really normal for us. So we needed one tonight. There's a lot in there. They needed one, yes. They lost three in a row. It was a big win, yes. I, I would not say must win. But within the context of everything that they had left going into that game, we talked about it yesterday, 13 games left this season, and on paper, what, two or three that should be like almost automatic? I mean, nothing is automatic. Didn't the Bucks just lose to Indiana? Like, nothing's automatic in the NBA right now. But the 
the idea that you could lose to Orlando and feel good about things, <laughs> that's not realistic. You no, just that wasn't. Not in this situation. No, it wasn't. And it always looked like the Suns knew they were going to win the game, okay? It well, always, that's great because they only won by three. It took a late block to do I, it. I know. And it's kind of what bit them. I, I just think they're in this holding pattern, their collective soul, not individually. They got Devin Booker. Book's going to go out there and he's going to give you what he's got. That's the one thing I love about him. You know you're going to get what he's got. CP3, you know you're going to get what he's got. DA, maybe not so much right there. <laughs> DA, you know I love you, buddy. I do. It's just you've got to get way more consistent. You have to. And anytime you're actually standing underneath the basket, you got two hands on the ball, will you do me a favor and go up and slam it down? Rip the rim off! He got stuffed underneath the basket by a guy who's 6'9". He got stuffed. What do you, he was, what do you, okay. All right. You can't, the, the new rule okay. on the show is you can't talk about DA when we're heading to break. Okay. <laughs> so we have to get you that at the oh start of the Oh my goodness. Segment. Okay. But other than that, you felt good about the way he played? <sighs> Uh, We'll get back into this. we got plenty of time to talk about the Suns. Uh, When we come back, though, there was a time when we thought, hey, Brian Flores working with uh, with Byron Murphy here. No, no. But they are working together now in Minnesota. We'll share uh, what Murph had to say about leaving the Valley next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. All right, we might be at the point where I have to look up where Kennesaw State is. This is my learning geography courtesy of March Madness every year because they are up seven on Xavier right now at the half. <laughs> I guarantee you, those kids from Kennesaw State, they're going in at the half and there's going to be screaming. Okay, so let's let's play this out again. And they're up seven, but usually this is where the 14 seed, or yesterday in the case of, uh, of Princeton, the 15 seed, they sit down at halftime and they're like, wait a minute, what are we doing? And then the magnitude of the moment hits them, and they just fall apart in the second half. Kennesaw State's up by seven, though, so they might, I mean, you could actually feel some confidence from that. Yeah, it's just, look, all you want to do in that first half, if you're the underdog, is prove to yourself and your teammates that you belong on the floor with these guys. That's it. That is it right there. That That is... That is gold to any coach. Now you got a chance. Now they got to go out and execute for the most part in the second half. But you can't put a price tag on how important it is to get that confidence level up inside that locker room. Kennesaw State, they're going in there at the half, and they are going to be a confident group that they belong on the floor with Xavier. Kennesaw State is I in have a guess. Kennesaw, Georgia. Georgia. Uh, notable alumni, Ryan Seacrest. Ryan also, Seacrest. <laughs> random. Also, uh, Apple doesn't fall far from the tree in the Kennesaw State Xavier game because the coach of Xavier. Well, I wasn't going to pile on. Well, I will. Lose. It's Sean Miller. <laughs> I, we just know Xavier's not making the final four. That's the one thing we know for sure with Sean Miller as their coach. Yes. What does the BPI say? 
Um, I'll get that in a moment. You know what? I got <laughs> not a great year the for the BPI, BPI, and when you consider it wasn't a great year for the BPI last it's year. It's all about winning, Logan. I it's might all about winning once again. It's not How a great many decade teams are for the actually going to get into the final four? We four. know that's what it's all about. Can you pick the final four? Apparently, I can't. You not can't. This you're, yeah, see, this is <laughs> well, the I don't have why. Xavier in the final four. Oh, Let's be good, clear. Exactly. This is the reason why, though, you're, you've got your bottom lip out right now. No, no. You as as I said yesterday, out. I would gladly sacrifice the bracket well, for an okay. early U of A exit. Yeah, but you don't have your final four intact like I, I don't. do. You won't either. <laughs> like, not, it's like not for I, long. Well, you know what I do right now? Yours, it, we're the, you it's Friday morning. lost a final four true. team. And you know what's funny? As I as I asked around after the game yesterday, everybody's like, no, I didn't have U of A I final have four. not. <laughs> well, let's see. It's so hard. Life is so hard, is it not, my brothers? Luke has lost a final four team. I have not. I'm glad. Has your bracket up on the site yet, or are we still <laughs> waiting to put that up around the start of the final four. Uh, I'm glad you're back in a good mood because this story's going to put you back in a bad mood. You ready? Oh, no. What? What? I didn't mean to go to the last break getting y'all fired up about DA. In fact, I don't think I mentioned his name. So then, you know, we get through the break. All right. You haven't heard the last two lines from the story yet, so I'm going to read them for everybody, okay? Okay, Now, Behind the scenes, we were looking for audio. There's not audio of this because it's it's a story in the in the Star Tribune. But the reason I wanted the audio is because I just wanted to hear the tone. Okay. Because sometimes you read something and oh, you yeah. could read meaning into it. Okay. Yes. So Star Tribune story. They're just talking about Byron Murphy signing with the Vikings. Okay. The uh, the last couple lines though, um, they they talk about how he made his decision and he said he talked to uh, Jordan Hicks and Patrick Peterson. And then former uh, Cardinals defensive backs coach Marcus Robertson. Okay, <laughs> so okay. here's the quote. Wait a minute, I don't even need to hear the quote <laughs> after this. Basic audience, this is the first time I'm going to hear this because I, know, I did not get this email. I did not get it. I guarantee okay. you, you got this it. This is this is great. I did not get it, and it's interesting though. But you mentioned those three names right there. What do you think their take might be? What what are the odds this might be a good quote coming from Byron? Well, there's. There's a couple. After, they talk, <laughs> after he talked to those three guys. Okay, here's the first quote. Robertson was just like, man, you're going to go up there with a great group of guys who actually care about their players. All of those little <laughs> details and stuff I was looking at, he kind of answered for me, unquote. Okay. Okay. You're going up there, guys who actually care about their players, yeah. as if the Arizona Cardinals, they don't care at all about their but, players. But you do get how tone, I mean, I could read that two different ways. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I could read it as, okay, uh, you're going up there with a great group of guys who actually care about their players. Oh, that's cool, Minnesota. Yeah. Or a great group of guys who actually care about their players. <laughs> As if to imply the team you just played on No, that's exactly right. It's like this business space in Orleans. It's not as much what you say as how you say it, right? And then there's one more. Okay, give me the one more. The last uh, two sentences of the story. The Cardinals, they're talking now about the uh, the NFLPA survey that came out a couple weeks ago. It says the Cardinals ranked near the bottom with players reporting they were charged by payroll deduction for weeknight dinners at the team's facilities. <laughs> Byron Murphy, quote, I think it's free upstairs, so I'm good now. It's all you can eat now, unquote. That one's harder to really kind of read tone into it, unless he was just like this. I'm wrapping up the interview, and I'm just yeah. going to make a joke. You know what yeah. I mean? That is one thing I will promise you. Okay, <laughs> right now, that is one thing I think is going to change over there. I'm just guessing. 
Um, it, it, I have no empirical evidence whatsoever, based on audience, when I say that. I'm just thinking that's one thing that is definitely going to change. It feels like it's something that players around the league talk about. And if they didn't talk about it a lot, they're going to talk about it now because of that NFLPA survey that yeah, came out. Yeah, just do me a favor, please. Okay, please do me this favor. Don't act like it has an impact on why you went out and sucked buttermilk in the last game. Please don't act like that was the reason why. Because a lot of guys do. And see, I'm fired up again on a Friday. I, it's a fired you got up Friday. Me all jacked up because once again, I can't tell you how many guys pointed to everything else under moon, sun, and sky as to why they went out and suck buttermilk on a Sunday. Except the fact they didn't do what they were supposed to do to get themselves ready to play. Okay, I'm looking at faces. They're, fl- they're flashing <laughs> no. before my eyes right now. Everybody, forgive me, Basinoni. This is this is the problem that I have. And, and Lord God, please forgive me because I do. I, I I get so fired up, and it's my own pride. That's where where it comes from, and it's wrong. I think there are a lot of certainly. Uh, football players, whether current or former, that would agree with you. And uh, there's a lot of football fans that would agree with you as well. And that's why I, I'm not, I don't want to make a bigger deal out of the end, at the end of that story than it was, because I'm not saying Byron Murphy was, again, you know, it's context that he walk up there and be like, man, that team I used to play for is a joke. No, he probably got asked a question sitting in front of a bunch of people, ready for the interview to be over, and, and what's he supposed to say? But yeah. also, I think it would be naive to think that there aren't players joking about that right now with the Cardinals and that's that's just not what you want. Did he say it like Bill Belichick would say it or <laughs> did he say it like Bart Scott would say it? Well, I think that's the difference. You bring up Bill Belichick by the way, did you see that uh, he scooped up the tight end you wanted? Yeah, I did yeah. see that. Yeah. Oh, you. <laughs> All right, the weather is getting warmer. Arizona Sports and Fulton Homes are reminding you that two seconds is too long to take your eyes off your kids around water. For life-saving water safety tips and to enter to win swim lessons from the YMCA, text SWIM to 620-620. All right, uh, let's, here's the thing. Okay, we're going to go We're gonna go NFL. We're going to talk quarterbacks next. We're not going to talk about Aaron Rodgers. Are you okay with that? We're just going to completely ignore the Aaron Rodgers story, at least for now. Yeah. I mean, there's not really much of a story. Yeah, it's, it's one, it's the Aaron Rodgers story is like one sentence being dragged out over an hour so we'll come back but we are going to talk quarterbacks wake me when it's over (laughs) isn't there a green day song about when september ends (laughs) that's probably when the story is going to be over you and green day yeah well somebody's got to talk about them all right uh it's wolf and luke on arizona sports the local sports leader wolf and luke Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Has come and passed, the innocent can never last. Wake me up when September You did this. Ends. This is when we're going to wake you up when the Aaron Rodgers story is over. Okay. Okay, that's great. You know, all the times that they have played this song on the radio, I never realized it was about the Aaron Rodgers saga. But we're not talking Aaron Rodgers here. No, we are not. I want to play this clip for you, since you and Bill Belichick apparently still think the same way with him going out there and grabbing the uh, tight end from Miami just moments after you uh, yes. mentioned that you wanted him on the Cardinals yesterday. This is Rob Ninkovich on Get Up suggesting maybe the Patriots could go a different direction than Mac Jones at quarterback. If you're the Patriots and you go and you make an attempt to get Lamar, that changes everything. Absolutely everything. And listen, I am a huge fan of 
just Lamar's style of game and what it puts on a defense to stresses. And there's needs and wants, okay? A need is necessary for life. A want, it helps It helps your quality of life. I don't need Lamar here, but I sure as heck want to see Lamar running around with a, with a New England Patriot on his helmet. Because if, if you see it out there, the Patriots instantly, instantly become division favorites and to me, get right back into that Super Bowl hunt. There's no way I see that happening. There's absolutely no way I see that happening, especially at Lamar at his at his age right now and the fact that Bill Belichick knows what kind of offense Lamar Jackson needs to be in. Yeah, also Buffalo's in that division. They don't just instantly become the favorites to win the division. No. Aside they, from what you're saying, but just yeah, that last line, it's like, right. well, hold on a second. I mean, yeah, there are other no, good teams in that division. Yes, I, I am with you on that one right there, but it just seems like that would be a stretch for Bill Belichick. Oh, I don't know. Maybe maybe he, I know I love Lamar Jackson. I'm sure he feels the same way, but with Lamar Jackson, you know that it's going to change how you play the game of football, Yeah, offensively in particular, and you always have to worry about him getting hurt. Are you going to pay the kind of money, especially an all-guaranteed contract that Lamar Jackson wants? I, I can't see the Patriots ever going down that path. I mean, but it, it's an interesting thought because what it also means is it's still a lot of unknown for Lamar Jackson. Look, maybe my perception is wrong of this, but it just doesn't seem like he's happy with his situation in Baltimore. And, and and I don't mean that in the sense of like he wants out of Baltimore. I just don't think he's happy with his situation there. He clearly wants more guaranteed money. He's not getting it, at least not to the extent that he wants. So it just kind of like he, he's on Baltimore, and yet there's constant speculation of him going somewhere else. But as you said yesterday, Wolf, where exactly would that be? I mean, there are teams out there that don't have a quarterback that you would think would be lining up to try and get him. And they're not. Here's Mike Greenberg. If there's one thing that we have learned is that in negotiation, the the risk is, particularly with him not having an agent, which means every message that is delivered is delivered at least indirectly to him slash through him, that this does get personal. Don't mix personal with business. That's a dangerous game. And next thing you know, you wind up your Lamar Jackson and you wind up feeling like you just want to get the hell out of Baltimore, even if you wind up taking less money to do it. He's so spot on with that right there. It really is. It's one of the reasons why you need an agent. If you are a professional athlete, you need an agent. I I respect the fact Lamar Jackson uh, feels capable of doing it and wants to negotiate his own contract. I understand that. But, man, you need that point of separation at some point in time. You've got to have it. And uh, I think Greeny's right about that. I'm just I'm looking, you know, uh, I'm just thinking off the top of my head, like, just go through teams in the NFL, all right, and, and set everything aside for a second, like money-wise and all that. Just I'm going to read some teams, and you tell me if there's one where you'd much rather have their current quarterback than Lamar Jackson, okay? I'm just going to work up from the bottom of the stands. Now, I know some of these teams pick high in the draft, and maybe they want to go that path. And, you know, like a team like Chicago is committed to, to Justin Field. But just would you rather have Lamar or who Chicago has, who Houston has, who the Colts have? Even who the Rams have right now. Uh, I, the Raiders. Would you rather have Jimmy Garoppolo or Lamar yeah. Jackson? Like, seriously? So what do you, what do you think's going on? Why, why do you think it's, it's hard? Why do you think there's... Why is this not happening to Luke Lipinski in your world? Why is this not happening? No, I think you're right. I don't think teams want to completely 
revamp how they play football for Lamar. That That is the most logical reason for this. The idea that there's a bunch of teams colluding against them, I don't think this many teams, I mean, okay, Atlanta, I'd rather have Lamar than Deshaun Watson in Cleveland, uh, yeah. Carolina, Tennessee. Why doesn't Tennessee want Lamar Jackson? Um, not all these teams are going to sacrifice themselves just for some weird conspiracy behind the scenes. Yes. So it's got to be what you're saying. But even with that, I don't understand why some of these, why one of these teams doesn't step up and say, yeah, you know what? I like Lamar Jackson better than the backup quarterback I have starting for me. Yeah, it's just right now you start to worry about this as he creeps, of course, into that that area of his career where you start worrying about his age. And I know he's only 26. He's only 26, he's, yeah. He's 26 but, but years old. He takes more hits than most quarterbacks. He takes a lot, a lot more hits than most quarterbacks. This is one of the reasons why I absolutely love him. He is a football player through and through that just happens to be playing quarterback. I love watching Lamar Jackson. I, I love watching his teammates respond to him. His teammates love him. His coaches love him. John Harbaugh loves Lamar Jackson. But I think he also, the hardest thing for John Harbaugh has got to be just knowing in his soul he loves this guy, he loves the player, loves the man, loves everything about him, and yet knows deep down inside when he puts his football coach hat on and goes out and coaches this team every day, it's a clock that is ticking. And he knows it. On Lamar Jackson, and when is the serious injury going to hit? Um, this guy wants a completely guaranteed contract. I understand from his perspective why he'd want a completely guaranteed contract. Yeah, and, and you know, you could you could get it from the the team's perspective, like you're saying. How many teams look at Lamar and they're like, yeah, I'm going to give that guy three years guaranteed money because there is a lot of. Risk. I, I think three years guaranteed be okay. Well, you start getting five years like he wants two hundred fifty million dollars, two hundred seventy five million guaranteed. Now you're it's yeah, it's, man. it's risky, but it's risky in a vacuum. If you take a step back and you're like, what do teams do for a quarterback that is much more of an unknown than Lamar Jackson? And you look at what teams have done. You don't have to go like all time history. Go back last couple years. Right. I mean, what's riskier that or trading up for Trey Lance or trade? <laughs> imagine Lamar Jackson on San Francisco. That would yeah. not be great. Um for everybody except San Francisco. I just teams do silly things and take huge risks for a quarterback. And you know Lamar Jackson is a really good quarterback even if he's not a traditional quarterback in the way he plays. It's just it's funny to me that Lamar Jackson's going to play next season. He's going to be better than 20 of the quarterbacks in the NFL. Yeah. And there's going to be teams making much bigger stretches to start guys that aren't nearly as good as him. Yeah, you go back three, four years where everyone thought the pendulum was swinging all the way over to the new age offense. And I promise you right now, if that's the time period that Lamar Jackson became a free agent right now, guarantee it, people be all over him. Let's see what's happened based on earnings again. That new age offense, that pendulum has swung back. But not to the middle. If, if you're talking about Lamar Jackson, it seems like it's swung all the way the other way. If there's not one team that would run an offense to play Lamar Jackson over, again, I mean, I can sit here and rattle off a bunch of quarterbacks that aren't any good that are starting in the NFL. Yeah, but it's also what he wants. It's the injury yeah. situation and how much money he wants, Luke. Yeah, that's why, again, I think John Harbaugh just loves the guy, loves the man, and yet his coaching clock is ticking in his head. 
We're going to give this guy five-year guaranteed, everything's guaranteed, we're going to give him that when he plays the way that he does? I... That's irresponsible. Do you think Baltimore wants somebody to come along and take him off their hands and give him some picks? Like, do you think there's a real small part of even even if John Harbaugh loves the 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 guy that he is and the player that he is? Do you think at some point there would be some sense of relief? Because we're talking about a guy that was the MVP just a couple years ago. He's only twenty six. Thus, the non exclusive tag. Yeah, it's, it's hard to argue with the uh, the actions there for sure. All right, we come back back to basketball, the NBA, the Suns back on track last night. And one player in particular looks like he's maybe turning a corner. We'll talk some campaign next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.